Hello there, family. Today on the Infinite Energy Podcast, we are covering the energy of succession. Going for a little bit more of a specific topic, but this is one we've had a lot of experience with. We have actually gone through two successions in our family business. One was a mess and one was a success, and we're going to share both of them with you and more here on today's episode. Stay tuned. Hi, we're sisters Kay and Chai, and we're the hosts of the Infinite Energy Podcast. We believe that everyone has the power to live a more energized, optimistic, and fulfilling life. In every episode, we share tips and techniques for harnessing your own power and creating the life you deserve. Get ready to ignite and discover the limitless power of Infinite Infinite Energy. From mess to succession is the topic of today's Infinite Energy podcast. We are talking about the energy of succession. Now, you might be wondering what the heck even is succession. Well, then let's hear it for your drum roll, please. Definition of the day. Succession definition here for you is the action of process of inheriting a title, office, or property. The action or process of inheriting a title, office, or property. In other words, when a job gets passed from one person to the next, that is the succession. Now, I almost think uh, that succession happens in a way more places in life than we even anticipate, right? Succession happens when a child finally moves out for the first time, right? The role of caretaker in their life is going from the parent onto the kid. When you have a child, you are taking the succession mantle from your parents. From t- They are turning into grandparents and you turn into the parent. There's succession in jobs. There's succession when we come into transitions in life. And even when going from one relationship to the next can be thought of as a type of succession. So the energy of succession is really present in a lot of different areas of our life. Right, that advancement piece. And and within, as you were talking about kids, Kay, I couldn't help but think about like the succession when your baby is born, you are responsible for everything. And then slowly over time, the succession of those responsibilities goes from the parent onto the child in theory. And then when they're 18, right, they're adults and they have now taken on the entire job of caring for themselves. So there's that interesting kind of long-term succession that happens as well. But the success that we want to talk about today specifically is in business succession. And so if that's not something that you have any context for, we encourage you to keep listening, to listen for what you can apply, because lots of this will be applicable to other arenas and areas. But you'll probably also find the stories pretty intriguing, because as we we teased earlier, we have gone through two successions in our business. um, And and neither one was easy, but one was definitely a little bit more painful. So in this first thing, here, we're going to take you through the story of our first succession. Now, as many of you know, Shyla and I were 10 and 17 when our parents bet it all to buy a failing breakfast restaurant. And overnight, we became a, a, instantly a succession plan, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, literally overnight, we became someone's su- succession plan as our parents saw the potential for being able to hand a business that they built off to their kids. 
So now here we are, 30 and 37, 20 years later, and that business did succeed through the hands of our parents into our hands. And that transition was very long, some of it organic, some of it a little bit manufactured, all of it very close and intimate. As we succeed, the the plan went from passing the mantle of ultimate leadership, executive leadership in our organization from our mom, Missy, to me, Shyla, and that, that process took several Several years. We didn't read a book. We didn't engage a coach. We didn't ask a consultant. We didn't read a blog. We didn't look at the statistics. We did nothing except blindly move forward. <laughs> and luckily, we have a positive, strong familial relationship. We had a, have a positive, strong growing business and we survived it, but it was rocky. There were moments of, of intimate tension. There was family fights and feuding. There was a confusion within the company of whose direction was right. And there was this very long drawn out process of this baton pass that ultimately ended with me firing mom. Ooh, now that's a headliner for the ages. Yes, Shyla fired our mom. But it was a long time of, of wrestling through this power dynamic. And, and just to give everybody an idea, uh, they our mom and Shyla decided during their succession to go through a period of time that they called partner training. Now, partner training was where Shyla, as the junior partner, would listen to and be mentored by our mom, the senior partner. Now, at this point, Shyla had already been a partner in the business for several years, but now was grooming to take this president position to take the leadership of that that main executive seat and have our mom move on. Now, what you can imagine in a training process like this from a an executive who has fought her whole life for the position of power that she's had, so a, a woman who has risked everything that she has to put it on the line for this business and then brought and risked her own family relationships to bring into this business is now willingly, I mean, she says she wants it, taking the steps to bring a new leader in and step away from that position. Now, of course, Shyla does end up ultimately firing mom. And yes, there were tense moments along the way, but that was a permission-based situation. Our mom said, yes, I'm willing to have a new leader come in. Here's the terms that it looked like, and you two entered partner training. We did, and partner training, as mentioned, took that several years. And then the, the great firing culminated when we, uh, mom, what in, in, in her beautiful intention, wanted to make sure that when those reins were fully handed over, that everything was absolutely set up perfect. Well, of course, we all know that we operate in the real world where perfection does not exist, but you can't help the desire for a perfectionist at heart to want to give that to their success. Successor, but when that successor is your daughter, of course you want to hand over the perfect reins possible. And so in her efforts to get everything perfect, there was scrutiny on small details. There was rabbit holes on, on important issues, but sometimes not always the most urgent. And there were things popping up. And the thing that popped up on this particular day was <laughs> aprons. <laughs> Mom oh. asked, what is the apron policy? Are people leaving with aprons? This is a place where we're losing dollars 
dollars and and revenues walking out the door and and how do we even know how many aprons we have these are all relevant questions for a leader to ask and important issues for a restaurant owner to be aware of but we found ourselves later that day with our three top paid managers and supervisors alongside the owners ripping apart all the back rooms looking for offices the employee manuals looking for apron policies the file folders that held everybody signed apron policies and I looked up and realized this was a ridiculous waste of resources and he said enough is enough mom you are fired as of right now you are no longer the leader and in charge you're done and of course it was much more tense and without a smile (laughs) on our faces but she knew it was the right thing and so did I and so even though we didn't gracefully go through that we always we often say in our family even though the delivery wasn't right the message was on and so we continued to move forward in love and in faith and in positivity as mom was able to step back and release those imperfect reins into my reign as leader, uh, I was able to move forward and then spent the next eight years being the the full president and leader before it was time for the next succession, which we'll get to in the next segment. Um, but but wanted to bring forward just that first succession because boy, was it a mess. What well, was it like from the sidelines, Kay? I mean, even as you're saying now, it's been eight years since that succession. I, I would think that it's been much shorter because it feels like the reins really only got handed off in the last five years. Mm-hmm. There was a couple years in there after the official firing where I think, you know, mom deuced out for a little while. She was like, goodbye. I, I need to like take a few months off. And she did. And then she started getting energized and started new businesses and things. But then there would even come points in time where she would try to hold you accountable or bring in her will as to how she wanted things done um, that ended up creating even more of a mess of the succession, especially since it was this long drawn out process that then scrutinized you as a president for your first two years in office. Yeah, it was difficult. And, you know, it was just this sloppy rollout and shame on me for never once saying, I wonder if there's any literature on succession. <laughs> I wonder if there's any studies or plans or ways that other people have figured this out. Instead, we just we relied on our love of each other, of our shared which understanding, still perseveres. which still perseveres, <laughs> our shared understanding of the ultimate wanting the same thing and the outcome in the end and always coming back to doing our best to communicate openly and honestly. But there was definitely it, it was sloppy. It was messy. It was muddy. It was gray. And it was these years and years, even as Kay said, after. After that firing, we still had this level of, you know, I want to say control, but not from that punitive sense, but from that. I desire so deeply to see this business succeed, this business that I'm no longer president of, but I am still absolutely co-owner of and co-founder of, then then that can be so difficult to stand by and see decisions being made that weren't being made in the same way that you would make them. And so just all, overall, that was tough. Now, if you're listening, you've probably been in a job where you've witnessed succession, right? You've seen maybe your manager get replaced, or maybe you yourself have moved up that ladder a little bit, right? Anytime you step up a ladder on a, on a corporate ladder, you're moving in a succession line. Maybe you've witnessed friends in family businesses go through this. Maybe you are in a family business as we've realized and come to know that so many folks are and they're dealing with this question and idea of succession. So coming up next, we're going to share a little bit more about what our second succession looked like and then how you can find any succession in your life and make it into a success.
Hey family, we're back after a wonderful 31 day break. We've missed all of you so much, but we had a lot of fun and we created some cool things along the way. Social media detox has been one of the most beneficial self-care exercises that we found and we encourage you to try it out too. We've created more space in our life, more time with our family and more freedom to do things that are meaningful to us. Now we're back for the month of February, but we'll be off again for the month of March. And if a social media detox maybe interests you, we invite you to join us. Head over to knshy.com slash control the scroll and we'd love to have you on the way. In the meantime, we're back and we can't wait to connect with you today. We're talking leadership this week, and one of the organizations we are so proud to be at the helm of is the Neuroencoding Institute. We got to co-found the Neuroencoding Institute alongside Dr. Joseph McClendon III, amazing, world-renowned neuropsychologist and incredible mentor and teacher. If you're at all interested in learning more about what the Neuroencoding Institute does and what it can do for you, please visit neuroencoding.com. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. So the succession that was a mess turned out to be a four or five year process that had the kind of this three years on the front end, this two years on the back end. But once that succession was finished and officially the ties were cut and officially our mom said, I am D-O-N-E done and I am retired, we saw a lot of the typical things that happen in a messy succession, especially because we had no idea that there was literature available and we could learn about this. But we had turnover. We had major leaders end up leaving within the company or that we ended up having to let go because of things that were uncovered. We had attrition and growth at the same time happened. It was really uh, incredible to see. And so during this succession, during this transition, we made a mess of things. Now, we picked it back up enough to get ourselves through the 2020 pandemic and on to the next level of succession that also came from the idea brain of our beautiful, brilliant mother who called us on a May afternoon in 2020 and said, what if we hired a suit? Right. Yeah, that's right. It started as a suit. What (laughs) if we brought in a suit? Somebody who could run the organization on our behalf, where we could go from being owners and operators to just owners of the business. Where was the professional executive out there? Did they exist? And if they did, could we attract one? And what would that look like? And we both were like, wow, this is amazing, especially coming out of the pandemic, uh, out of where we were, out of the financial crisis that we were still in and immersed in. But at this point, our lives were in such rocked chaos and anomie that we really, we were, things were whirling around us and the possibility that maybe there could be somebody else to come run the joint (laughs) emerged as a real option for the first time. And we said, you know what, that sounds incredibly energizing. We have pursuits and passions that we really want to explore together outside of the restaurant industry. And we would love to pursue this further. Now, luckily we had been learning and growing and realized we should ask the question, 
what exists out there on this topic? Hmm. <laughs> Who out there might know more about this than we do? Well, we knew that there was an industry around recruitment and recruiters that could likely go out and, and headhunt somebody for us or find somebody qualified enough to come in. And so we started asking around our network. We Googled, of course, the best recruiters in our area, franchise recruiters, restaurant recruiters, to see if we could find somebody out there who might be able to help us headhunt somebody to bring in to the restaurants. So as we started pondering this question of where's the suit, right? I, I laugh now that we called them a suit because who we got and Amir, we know you listen to the podcast. You're the opposite of a suit. And we're so glad that you are. Um, but but whoever this suit was, could we find the person who could help us find them? And so we started asking our network, who do you know that we should know that could help us? And we happened to find ourselves on a call with a particularly high level individual. And we said, you know, this is kind of the, the way that we're going and how we're thinking. And just record correction really quick. It was May of 2021 that all of this went down. And so it's the summer of 2021. And we had a, a, our, our connection said, you know what? I have the exact right, most perfect person that you need to connect with. And his name is Barry Banther. Now, what we didn't know is that Barry was about to do so much more then help us successfully transition through a, a succession of this magnitude, he was about to completely change our lives. Barry Banther has been an incredible addition to our lives, and I'm so glad that we got to meet him in this way. But you heard Kay mention how we approach the succession, right? Mom says, let's bring in a suit. We start asking our network, this is what we want to do. What do you know about this subject? And who do you know that we should talk to? And we got lots of good advice from good people. We followed a few leads on recruit, recruitment officers, as Kay mentioned. And then we get this, you got you got to talk to Barry, right? <laughs> and so we, we, we look up Barry and Barry's not just a recruitment guy. He is an executive who helps family businesses place non-family member CEOs into leadership for the first time. Like, hello, talk about a perfect niche. Talk about describing exactly who we are and what pain we were experiencing, like it, it, it was incredible match. And so, you know, there's a great marketing lesson in there about knowing your niche and speaking to it. But we got to talk to Barry and he absolutely gave us so much security, so much comfort. He had walked through hundreds, if not thousands of families through a succession like this. He says, I know exactly what we need to do. We have an exact plan and a formula that we're going to follow. And it's going to take precisely this long. And then after that, we're going to have another process that we're going to have to go through. And if all of that is successful, you will have implanted the CEO who can achieve the goals that you're looking to achieve. And we're like, what? Like, really? Like, you, we can do that? You just work a plan and follow a formula? And he said, absolutely. And he walked us through that plan. Now, what are some of the things that we did during this succession? What were some of the things that Barry did with us? First and foremost, it was a qualifications and, and, and qualities checklist. Who did we think that this person looked like? And what did the, we think the skills were that they needed, coupled with what Barry knew about what the skills that they needed to create this document of what those qualities and qualifications looked like. Yes. So we came forward with this list of qualifications and essentially desires of what we wanted to achieve and who we wanted to bring into this position. Now, this might sound a little familiar. If you tuned into our energy of uh, aspiration episode, then you remember that there is from aspiration to uh, actualization, there is a whole step-by-step -step process. And the first one is to figure out your goal. And the same thing happens with succession. 
succession. But the amount of people that are just like us that approach succession without any form of goal, my goal is to successfully implement a person into my business in order to do blank. It's incredible. I mean, we fell forward into that succession mess and uh, fell flat on our face on the first round without having any form of goal or plan. And we were just mind blown that Barry came forward with this. So we put together this list of qualifications, personality traits, things that we thought would align with our business. And then Barry, he went out on some magical quest. I do not even know how he found Amir, but he did it. And by George, was he good at it? He was so good at it. And now we've had this amazing success, right? We we went through the interview process, right? It, the, the decision is made in May. We hire Barry in June. We go through all of this qualifications things and we get to where we start having interviews at the end of August. By the end of September, we know who our person is. We have hired Amir. Okay, like shout out for a couple of really weird interviews. I just want to like throw it out there really quick that we just had some very interesting experiences. So not all of this is pretty. It's not like, oh, you know, that shiny few months of just skip along fun. Like there was a point before we met Amir where I was like, are we going to find anybody? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There was the one guy who was like, I work hard, I play hard. Like weird vibes. Me and my 22 year old girlfriend now here. (laughs) You are not correct. No, but we wish you much success and happiness. So there we are. September, we find our person. He moves his family here. And by January 1st, he's living in Reno and he is leading our company. And he started on December 1st full time as the CEO. So from conception in May to takeover in December, it was a clean six months. And what the next 12 months then looked like was a very implemented and intentional plan that included a lot of transparency and a lot of buy-in from the team, which are two top tips we know from succession planning, both from messing it up and from getting a success, is that we want to follow a plan so that we can uh, take steps to actualize that aspiration. I loved that turn of phrase there, okay? Then we identified that leader, right? And sometimes this is done internally. Oftentimes it's done with a partner or a consultant like we did with Barry, identified that leader. And then we did effective of communication to get everyone to buy in both during the process and afterwards as Amir came on and gelled into our team. So three very important steps in the succession plan that help it be a success and be a lot cleaner than that messy, sloppy few years that we experienced off first. One of the things that we did in the transition with Amir and Shaila that you and I did when we first started partnering together in our entrepreneurial ventures, that if we could go back in time and redo in our very first mess of a succession is that we we set clear expectations for how everybody desired to be communicated with, what communication styles worked, how they like to be talked to. We did, uh, at least for the succession with Amir, we did our DISC profile uh, review. We learned how to communicate with each other before engaging in the very daunting task of succession. And boy, I really wish we would have done that the first round. I bet we would have saved a lot of headache. I bet we would have too. We're going to share more tips in the final segment here about making any succession in your life a success. One of our proudest business accomplishments is what we've been able to do with Squeeze In Franchising. 
The Squeeze Inn is a breakfast lunch restaurant featuring the best omelets on the planet, and it's been around for almost 50 years. And now you can have a Squeeze Inn in your community. We've seen how this business transformed our families, and now we are so excited to offer this to families around the country to see how this little restaurant might change their family and their community. If you're wondering how to set up your adult children for legacy and success through a small business, then the Squeeze Inn is an option we urge you to consider. Come find out more about Squeeze In Franchising at squeezein.com. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. So we are back in our episode about succession. So far, we've talked about some key points for helping you to have successful succession. First, we had avoiding costly disruptions with that effective planning. Remember, planning for the actualization of the succession and also planning around everyone's communication needs based off of their personality styles. This is a really helpful thing that can help you save time and money. The next point that we've covered is identifying and developing leaders to succeed. Now, even in the family environment, this is important. You've got to help develop those leaders to succeed or else we end up with someone uh, like that Prince Albert syndrome, right? Where somebody comes in, they're not prepared for the role and end up abdicating the throne. Right. I think about that all of those years of of partner training um, being this this training for executive leadership. Now, there's lots of executives out there who are like me and like Kay, a little bit of accidental executives. Right. Like you grew up through the ranks of the family business and now it's yours to manage and run. Or maybe you climb that corporate ladder because you're a responsibility taker who's reliable for a team. And all of a sudden you found yourself sort of at the top and you, you're, you're this accidental executive that might be you. And when you realize this was such an aha for me during our second succession was OMG, there are professional executives out there, like people who are like, my job is to be an executive, whether that's CFO, COO, CEO, they are professionals at that, which means they engage in professional level training, which means that they engage with professional executive level networks and networking, and that they go through materials that are designed for executives. And once you realize that there's this pool of executives, if you're the accidental executive, like a family business like us, it can be mind blowing and mind boggling that your ability to identify leaders might lie outside of your own organization. So for the family businesses out there who are like, my older kids don't want to take over my business. This might be one of those mind blowing, like there are executives out there who can take over your business and you can keep owning it. So that might be an option you need to consider as you think about identifying and developing a leader for your succession plan. So now we've identified and developed those leaders for success. The next piece that can be really key in making your succession a success is to ensure that your team has buy-in during the process. Now, this doesn't mean your entire workforce. Maybe you have a huge company with hundreds and hundreds of employees. This isn't a democratic process. You don't need every single person's buy-in in order to make the change. But you do need the effective buy-in of a few key culture players 
players in your environment to help you get this message positively delivered because change, while it may feel uncomfortable for you, is freaking terrifying for your employees. They see change like this as the potential of them losing their jobs. And as we know, any time that an employee feels that shaken sense of security, that that can threaten their job performance and can threaten their uh, longevity with the company and can ultimately lead to higher turnover. So if you really want to make sure that this is a succession success, effective communication and buy-in with your team can go a long way. For instance, in the squeeze in, when Amir came on, we knew that the buy-in of our HQ team, and in particular, one amazing woman named Alicia, who heads up our HR efforts and culture and communication within our organization. And she's a key player that most of the folks in our organization look to for counsel, for guidance, for answers, for solutions, for support when it comes to things that they need in our company. And so we knew that without Alicia on board, that this would be a much harder hill to climb bringing in a new CEO. And so when we sat down with her and we talked very first and frankly and foremost with her about, look, we've hired a consultant. We are doing this. What's important to you in terms of this transition? And let us uh, let us share with you a little bit behind the curtain of why we're making this decision and why this will benefit you and why that you can grow and flourish under a new leader and under a new structure better than you ever could under the accidental executives of Kay and Shai who are yearning to do other things and have other businesses growing and who want to see you succeed and this company succeed to its fullest extent. Now, once we were able to to vulnerably communicate, we got that buy-in from her. And then as resistance came up from that fear, from that uncertainty, a new executive, a new person, that means corporate, that means sellout, that means I'm fired, that means that benefits are getting cut, right? All of the assumptions that people make were there and they could turn to the influencer of Alicia, of Uriah, of Ian, of those who are influencers in our company. And they were saying the same message of this is for our benefit. This is for our growth. This is good for us. I'm on board with this. I support this decision. And therefore, that transition was a lot easier as we kind of morbidly told Amir, your number one goal in your first year is that the squeeze in body does not reject you as the new organ. And we're proud to to say the organ thrives today. Yes, they, they adapted to one another, which I think leads well into our next point for successful succession, which is that change really does come easier when everyone embraces adaptability. Now, this might seem a little bit conceptual. So let's bring this down into uh, the actual. Maybe you are in the position right now where you have, uh, you're a boomer and you are a founder and your millennial child is about to come in and succeed you in the business. And you're wondering if if you really can let go of the reins and take and, and allow yourself that change. Now, I want you to just imagine to yourself leaning into the energy of adaptability. Is that something that you might be able to cultivate now, or if you maybe can just have the understanding, because if you're successful, like I know you are as this theoretical conceptual boomer who has built this beautiful founding business, you have already seen the benefits of being adaptable in your business. So be adaptable for this next step. Understand that there are going to be parts of this that do not go your way, that there are going to be parts of this that absolutely suck, that there are going to be people who disagree with you, and that sometimes you might even disagree with yourself. But remaining adaptable to the process can help you overcome 
come when things get tough and can ultimately help your succession be a success. Well, I love that, you know, the, the main bullet here is that change comes easier with adaptability. So I hope that you're noticing there that adaptability is not required. The change is going to come either way. If you're engaging in a succession plan, like it's about change, like change is the crux of this entire thing, right? Change comes easier with adaptability. So if we want it to be easier, it's about loosening the grip. It's about loosening the control from an energetic standpoint, from a duty standpoint, from a control standpoint. And that can be really difficult, especially for those of us who have been leaders for years or decades at a time. And, and you're used to being the one to make decisions and you're used to your opinion, carrying the most weight, letting go of that, being adaptable to new ways of thinking, to new modes of being, to new ways of advertising, of marketing, of running your business, of staffing, of all of the things that maybe you don't necessarily think of in the beginning will be easier. So change comes easier with adaptability. It comes either way. If you want it to be easier, be adaptable, be flexible. The next thing that we have for you in helping to create a successful succession is to ensure that you have strong culture already present within your business. If you don't have strong culture already present within your business, use the succession change as an opportunity to bring in espoused values and a mission that you can start dictating the culture that your business is going to provide and project. Now, you might be saying we already have a mission and values, but nobody adheres to that. Our culture isn't very strong. What do we do? Strengthen your culture now. Put in the tough work. It might only take a couple of quarters to start to see the effects. Now, of course, culture gets built interaction by interaction, day after day, year over year. But you can make big shifts in your culture and help your people to become more adaptable and ultimately more flexible so that they flex into this change alongside you so that they loosen the grip of their control and allow this to happen. And protecting that culture can be so important. So make sure you've got strong culture. If you haven't identified any parameters around your culture yet for your business, either use the incoming CEO as the opportunity to do just that. Or if you have identified those things and they've weakened over time in effectiveness with your organization, this might be a good time to either renew them or to start focusing on the culture of your organization prior to the announcement of your succession plan. I love this idea that if a successful transition or succession plan is your outcome, then a strong culture is your insurance, right? It just provides the fruitful, ripe environment that's strong and steady enough to handle a little jostle and tossle while change comes along and brings about a new leader as, as, as instructors of a, cult, a culture and leadership class. We can tell you that organizational culture and leadership are so intimately, intricately twined together that you almost can't separate them, especially in the early stages of a business. Now, we wish that we can continue to dive more in on the success of succession, but we hope that you've been illuminated to some of our story of some ideas and concepts that can help you in, in any succession that you're experiencing and hope that you found some value here on today's episode. This episode comes at you with infinite love from your dear sisters, Kay and Shai. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com.
The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers, and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.